think we're live and now we're public. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We have people watching now. Okay. Okay. People. All watch. right. So Hello, anyone, anyone tuning in, uh, Facebook live is, uh, Facebook live, but, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, we have about a three second delay for what it's worth. Just so anyone listening knows. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Yes. Yes, you are live. That is Good. Richard F. Patton. That is my co-host on Armchair Directors. Uh, oh, hello. Big fan of Kevin Tumlinson. Big fan. Aw. <laughs> maybe not uh, after this show. Yeah, maybe not after this show. This. <laughs> hey, yeah, see me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. All right. Hey, you're on Facebook. Oh, you are actually on Facebook. Good, yeah, good I was. I'm, I managed to uh, log in, so... Allison, Miss Valentine, Hi, how Allison. you doing, my friend? Yes, how you doing? How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, Dakota, a man from my past. Uh, what's going on, Dakota? How you doing, Mr. Lewis? Uh, Dakota and I worked together for a couple of years back in the day at Total Wine, actually. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was that was an eventful eventful employment. Um, Speaking of uh -oh. booze, I really wish I'd poured something before this whole thing started. Uh, you can get up if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might. It is off to my left back there behind me. You can see it on the. Uh, you're more than welcome to, to as people start people start walking in. Uh, you may do more, that. You may you're do more that. than welcome to. I have a uh, tequila, uh, pineapple juice, and Waterloo pineapple seltzer. I have uh, coffee from Being Here, a roaster in. Uh, Missouri City, Texas, Sugarland area, Texas. Oh, okay. Uh, mm. Waterloo is based out of Austin, Texas. All right. The uh, Siltzers. So they're just nice, <laughs> refreshing. Well, I was showing you, off while you. <laughs> you're showing I'm off, and it. That. Oh, <laughs> I'm watching you cough twice because you're live, and then you're over here. <laughs> yeah, choking uh, to death and simulcast. Choking to death and simulcast. So this is definitely just going to be a, a loose event with uh, Kevin and I on uh, camera. You guys are more than welcome to ask away with any of your questions. Um, we are just going to be hanging out and uh, just kind of going with the flow as uh, things go on. Um, I will tell you, depending on your privacy settings, uh, that your questions do not always come up. So if you have specific privacy settings in your Facebook account, your questions may not uh pop up so we did get so <laughs> hey matt <Yeah>. or nick <laughs> or hey matt nick or i mean kevin hey james yep. how you doing? <laughs> hey there <laughs> oh yeah there all the time all the time all the time he uh kevin is the um elder statesman but he's more handsome so yeah yeah exactly he's, he's more uh Let's see. How can I say Aged this? like a fine wine. He is not uh, not venerable. Not venerable. Not venerable. <laughs> Rich, and I. I, Rich and I just brought that up. There it is. Rich just said it. Don't you mean venerable? We just, I, I introduced Rich on the last podcast. I introduced Rich as the venerable Richard F. Patton. He started dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a callback to the Ghostbusters episodes with Kevin when he was on our other podcast on Armchair Directors. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. It no, was late, was, but fun. Yeah, it was. It, it was late. It was fun though. But uh, 
But uh, so, Kevin, as we're uh, as people are coming in and people are discovering that we are live, um, what can you tell us about um, yourself as far as maybe current work? What's going on? What's maybe coming down the pike as far as books? Um, I know you the, the last time we've talked, you were talking about your next Dan Kotler book. But um, yeah. as far as progress and how everything's going, how, how is it? I mean, it's everything's going fine i i i have put the the cotler book that i was working on i put on hold for another special project that um, okay. i can't actually talk that much about but it's rich uh, by the way so yeah i see <laughs> yeah i i understand rich yeah uh i'll let you have it um yeah so the the current uh, there's a couple of things that are on my plate right now one of them is is uh a project that I actually started on my 50th birthday, okay. uh, which was October 12th last year. Um, so toward the end of the year, but I, I started this thing where I had a journal. It's a, uh, and I'm going to butcher the German, but it's a look, look term, uh, notebook. And they're a lot like Moleskine, which has okay. always been my preference. I, I keep journals. I keep a ton of journals, but I have this it's little rock- leather, it's a German sleeve. rock band, actually. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. <laughs> look, look, term? No, Moleskine. Could be. Moleskine is a German rock band. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so the the notebook that I got, I got on the recommendation of uh, Neil Gaiman, and okay, he really liked the the um, the paper. He thought felt felt like it was it worked well with the because he uses fountain pens, and he felt like it didn't have as much bleed. And we had a whole conversation over Twitter about notebooks and he recommended it. So I bought one and uh, I was going to use it as my daily journal. Like I do the Moleskine, but it won't fit in the little sleeve my wife gave me uh, for Christmas last year. So I, what I decided was I'll save it for something special and uh, I'm going to make that something special start on my 50th birthday. So I had a couple of months before that happened and I had no idea what I was going to do, but what I ended up doing was writing a kind of um, daily, like my philosophy, uh, my principles, you know, almost like a manifesto, but that, that word's taken on like negative connotations now. So <laughs> but it's, it's, it's my, it's, the, it's little bits of wisdom that I've discovered over the years, like things that I learned the hard way and things that I learned from others. Uh, it, none of it was planned every, every day I started just completely from scratch, not knowing what I was going to write and would end up writing a, a page each day uh, of, of something. And it, it's really kind of profound how great it turned out. It is 123 pages. I just finished okay. it a couple of weeks ago or about a week ago, not even a week ago, like Saturday, last Saturday. Um, and now I'm typing up all those entries uh, three or four a day uh, until I've got it. And, and I'm going to release it uh, as a, as a kind of philosophy book. So now Interesting. I'm, and then I'm working on a thriller, but I'm, you know, the thriller is something I, 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 I ran into, uh, I, I had a fortuitous introduction that has led to a project and I haven't yet, um, finalized everything. I don't know everything, all the details. I can't really talk about everything yet. Sure. Uh, but no, that one's going to be exciting, but I, I will finish the Kotler book, but I did put it on the back yeah. burner. for the, So for the James has uh, well at 50, you should have at least have something you've learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
you'd now, hope so anyway. Is, you'd hope so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 123 pages. So what I did was write the thing I've learned over and over again 123 times. I was about to say, oh. is it like the Bart Simpson <laughs> thing at the beginning of Simpsons where he's just writing yeah. the same thing over exactly. and over? That's exactly. Funny. Uh, yeah. Dakota, thank you very much. Uh, he's talking about armchair directors. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and he's fallen into a very deep into a Matt James rabbit hole of late. So ah. thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. We, the uh, Matt James we, rabbit hole. yeah, uh, he was, he, we actually used to talk a lot about my books and just the creative process and movies and everything. Uh, Dakota was always very interested in what I did while I was writing. So, uh, uh, oh, thank hey. you for, uh, thank you for continuing to be interested in what I do because that's kind of why I, I'm is because there's interest so uh thank you I, I really do appreciate that um oh another great author ec ambrose uh so we have the bone guard uh series no we are actually frozen in carbonite sorry yes. about that sorry no uh it's not my end because my my end is 940 fiber so we're we're zooming over here so uh yeah. uh <laughs> now uh it happens because uh I'm, I'm blaming it on well, I'm going to blame it on Facebook, but uh, I'm also blaming it because we're using third-party software to get into Facebook. So it's probably a bunch of different things that are not helping. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is, but it at least... This will also be, if you're having issues, this will be audio. This will be in the Real Life Fiction podcast feed, just like I did with the uh, um, Real Life Live uh, show I did with Andrew Clausen a few weeks ago. So if you are having issues and video or audio, something's wonky, uh, this will get uploaded as a regular podcast. So for whatever reason you can't um, uh, listen or watch now, there will be another opportunity. Just just letting you know. Um, and, uh, oh, come on, Matt. No need to brag. Come, come on. There's always a need to brag. There's always need to brag. There's always need to brag. Come on. So... Uh, no, actually, uh, this would be actually a good time to bring up. Uh, Rich and I just recorded um, the Fifth Element episode for Armchair Directors. And, uh, multipass. Multipass. Actually, where is my <laughs> multipass? Oh, I hung it back up. I have a, I have a Lee Ludalis multipass from years ago. But uh, no, but uh, Rich has actually been um, dying to get into this conversation. He, he, was, um, he couldn't get to the last show. Um, but uh, him and I are actually going to be starting a new series together, so a uh, co-author series. So it's one oh, of cool. my two new series that I am debuting this year. Um, so I'm currently writing The Relics of God, book one, which is uh, The Blood King, which is a solo series that I'm starting. And then Rich and I are starting up a series called The Alex Wake Thrillers. And um, basically the way to look at it is what if Ryan Reynolds was John Wick? Okay. What if so we are okay. going to have not not I would say 80 85 percent John Wick because there are parts that are just really brutal in John Wick that it's it's not going to get that over the top but it's that type of character but with the wit and the just ridiculous sense of humor that Ryan can come up with um kind of on the fly and just thinking like yeah. that so that was kind of my I an idea I came up with that I brought Rich in to help with and um We'll have the first book in that series later this year for everyone. So that's that's nice. going to be that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one. More, more, uh, more information to come. But uh, that's going to be a fun one too. So, um, uh, Dakota, I'm really on the podcast kick for Rich. Oh, not you, Matt. See, Padden. Oh, so Everybody he's going to love Alex Wake. Then he's going to love it because it's both of us. So he's gonna he's gonna love it. Well, it's like a lot of Rich, but it, it, he's going to love it. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> what does Allison say? Uh, I do hope your book, The Venetian Pursuit, is a great success. So, yeah, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Um, that came out yesterday. So that is a new release. Uh, that is the Jack Riley Adventures Book 5. Uh, that came out yesterday, uh, U.S. time. So uh, very, very happy with it. Um, as long as it does as well as the last few have done, we're we're cooking with gas. So yeah. Uh, so very but, nice. Uh, thank you, thank you. But uh, oh, just keep flying in. Hey James, uh, I have enjoyed the Jack Riley books, Matt. Uh, I do need to try some of your others. I do like Kevin's Cotler novels as well. I'm an av avid reader. Uh, in case you all didn't know. Uh, Thanks for throwing reading. me that bone, James. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally, Kevin needs to be reminded that that people do People like read him. my books, too. Yeah, people read Kevin's books, too. Oh, you're so. the one, James. Thank you. Yeah, you're the one. <laughs> you're my subscriber. <laughs> you've bought me so many cups of coffee. Yeah. Sorry, I had to throw in the afterlife reference there. Yeah. So you're my subscriber. <laughs> you're my subscriber. <laughs> uh <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Rich. There had to be one person out there. Yeah, LOL. everybody gets one. That's an interesting concept. LOL. Ryan is John Wick. Hmm. It's more of his way of looking at life, like, yeah, as like decrepit as what he might be doing. His demented sense of humor, like Deadpool style, but not again, not that. <clears throat> But this that's kind of the, yeah. I have not is, watched uh, John Wick because it's not okay. The reason I won't watch John Wick is because I've heard that an animal gets hurt, and I can't stomach that. His dog, yeah, his dog. That's the whole the whole premise of John Wick is that his dog gets hurt, so he goes on a rampage, more yeah. or less. So yeah, no, I have an issue with that too. Uh, it's one of those weird. It's not weird actually. It's very common, but it's. Some of the stuff that you and I can come up with as creative writers yeah. and yeah. some of the things that others can come up with, the one thing that bothers everybody is animals getting yeah. hurt. Yeah. You could brutalize kids and animals. Kids and animals yeah. are things that I cannot stomach. Yeah. I And I, I can't watch animal movies for that reason because every animal movie, inevitably an animal, the animal gets hurt. And I... Mm -hmm. It just breaks my heart. So I can't even watch um, yeah. uh, Godzilla because because of that. <laughs> oh my God, I used to be able to watch Godzilla, but like the last couple of Godzilla movies, like it just makes me sad. I can't do it. <laughs> I was about to ask if like Homeward Bound bummed you out when Shadow got hurt at the end and he was limping. Yeah, no, I can't. I didn't watch Homeward Bound. Yeah, oh, I don't. Man. I don't watch animal movies. I mean, that was 30 no. years ago. Come on. I know. That's that's, I that's, know. that's back when you were strong like bull and you could take it. That's about when it started. About 30 years ago, <laughs> I got to a point where I just, I'm like, I can't, I cannot watch any more movies in which dogs especially get hurt. I can't do it. I mean, come on, uh, Rich. Really? Really? I'm looking bored. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to look bored. It was three minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I'm not bored. It's just, you know, evenings. Oh, well, thank you, Dakota. Uh, I just revisited the whole Jack Riley series so I could read The Venetian Pursuit within hours of it coming out. I enjoyed it immensely. Oh, wow. very nice. Thanks, bud. I really, I you really, really appreciate that. that. Yeah. I do. And you know what's cool? I don't know about you, you, Kevin, but just 
like he is an actual like i mean everyone in this chat are human beings but dakota is a human being for my personal life and seeing that is cool because you know it's i don't have a lot of like local people that i know that read my stuff that aren't just like family and friends so like but dakota being like a coworker of mine and then we talked about it but he's still continuing to read stuff just as a fan that's cool that's really cool so i really do appreciate that but uh oh that was kevin being bored uh yeah well i'm not as bad as ernie i can't completely hate you (laughs) ernie doesn't hate me Actually, Ernie, Ernie, and I have vowed to be rivals. That's what we 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 have a very Ryan Reynolds, uh, Hugh Jackman relationship. So, oh, yeah, no, that was. Do uh, we hate each other? We might. We might hate each other. We I might. No, I mean, we might. Do we? We might. <laughs> we might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allison has a question. Kevin, have you any plans on directing any more theater? I haven't uh, directed in a very long time. I, I. I I'm not opposed to it. There's nothing though that I'm necessarily, there's no projects that I'm interested in. If something came along, I would probably consider doing it, but that's a whole different thing. And it's a very time intensive and not always rewarding. Yeah. No, I, I know. Um, I know a few people that do stage and, um, it's, it's more personal, like rewarding than anything else, but it's like immensely it's like they work, they have family, and then they do theater, and that is it. Because it's just right. so time. It will take over your life. There's so there are so many. It has to be because you need to have the time and the passion. Yeah. Right. Right. It has to be. You Even can't more do so it than film. Like yeah. I, um, you know, I directed. So I worked in film and TV. I did, I mostly did documentary stuff, but I I did some yeah. fiction stuff as well, and uh, it was uh, that was time intensive, but you. The thing about that is you work on a schedule, you get the shot, and once you've got it, you go. With theater, you 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 might do, you know, depending on the run of the show, I mean, you might do five to six shows a week for several weeks. You know, it just takes over your, your life until the show ends. And yeah. you can have people step in, like I had uh, associate director and, and things like that on some of my stuff, and... Um, but no, I, I don't think I would, I, I, I'm not excited about it anymore as I was, you know, earlier in my life. Uh, I don't know that I would go out and pursue a show anymore, but I don't know if the right project came along. If I got yeah. to, to direct the Avengers musical Ghostbusters live, Ghostbusters live or something like that, I would probably, you could probably convince me to Ghostbusters live would be in, in, in interesting, uh, you know, I would, direct, development. I would direct Moonlighting the musical. Oh, That's man. what I would do. That is uh, definitely a left field. Yeah. Out of, that is a left field. I would Actually, not I'd like, to, I'd like to be in that. I'd like to be David Addison in Moonlighting the musical. <laughs> I could pull it off. Oh, here you go. Uh, Ambrose <laughs> has something for you. There's a website called Does the Dog Die? So you know going in. Okay. Just so okay. You know. That's good. Okay. That's good information. That's good information. That everybody is very good information. Everybody watching and listening needs to know that. So, <laughs> all right, uh, James. Okay, Kevin. Now I can't like you anymore. I'm back on <laughs> Ernie's side since you haven't seen John Wick. I'll win you back over. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what's weird is ever since I've had kids, uh, over-the-top violence actually revolts me. Yeah. Like, it repels me. Like, I could see when, I was, when I was younger, um, I loved, like, just the brutal action movies. Like, I loved, like, The Way of the Gun from years ago. Like, I loved uh, an old-school Desperado. And, I mean, I still like Desperado because that's also just cinematically beautiful and just actors like that's a whole different thing but like some of like the violence and some of this stuff it really doesn't like it really doesn't do it for me anymore and it like i said it actually puts me off like i love keanu reeves and i love i love the um the acceleration his career has seen at his age but i the, the character and like the way that they do like that's why deadpool deadpool is just nauseating for me i, I i've seen it and i'm like okay i never saw the second one yeah. Uh, third one I might look at just because I'm interested to see Hugh Jackman as like Wolverine, but they're teasing like comic book Wolverine. So as far as like the outfit and stuff. So, um, but it doesn't really, really do anything for me. Yeah. They're talking like the yeah. original, like brown and yellow outfit. How interesting. That'd be very cool. Um, I yeah. am, I am, I am looking forward to that, uh, to the third Deadpool because of, Hugh Jackman. I I actually did enjoy the other two, and they they're kind of they can be over the top violent, but um, there's some I just I like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, uh, Free Guy. Know? I tell people Free Guy is one of my favorite comedies. Free of, Guy like, is the last probably yeah probably one of my favorite movies in the past you know decade ten or fifteen like, years honestly yeah I mean yeah. realistically especially comedies yeah. like actual like like comedic performance <clears throat> like actual comedy movie that movie was yeah. amazing. Uh, Rich is a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds. You should see how much he loves him. Okay, I knew Rich, Rich loves that. Ryan Reynolds. Like loves him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he hates Ryan. I'm a big fan too, actually. <laughs> no, he hates Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but uh, oh man, we have uh, we actually have quite a few uh, comments. Let's see, where are Good. we? Uh, I see some. Nope, cues. I ain't a human being. I'm an Aussie. Uh, that is... <laughs> Very true, Rich. Very true. I won't. I won't even attempt the uh, <clears throat> Aussie accent, which right, is what uh, everybody tries to do. Question from EC Ambrose: What do you find most enjoyable about the writing process? Um, not the outlining. <laughs> not the, not outlining. I'm not a. I, I have actually yeah. been experimenting with outlining lately, and so I've been yeah. doing a little more of that. Um, the book I'm working on kind of requires it because it's so <clears throat> the plot so. Uh, layered but uh, I think for me the the thing I like about writing is when I get into that state of flow like that is probably yeah. the closest I'm capable of coming to meditation like oh so I you know I like I like when I sit down and start writing and then I look up like an hour later and I've got like you know 3,000 words or so and uh and it's in there and they I don't recognize them like they're they're good they tell a great story and I don't know where they came from. That's the part I like. It's like something has taken over and is doing the writing for me. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite part of it is when I have a holy bleep moment while I'm writing and I get excited. Yeah. Like when I'm writing a book and going, oh man, that's amazing. That's going to be so cool. That's my yeah. favorite moment. I get my heart starts pumping. I make sure I write everything down really quick. So I don't want to like forget like, like what I'm thinking at the time, because it might be something further in the book. That's like a reveal or background or this or what, or like maybe a location that I find out. 
that's my favorite part is when I'm writing and I get a, Oh yeah, this is going to be cool. Cause yeah. you're your own fan. Right. So it's yeah. like, you shouldn't be writing something that, that doesn't excite you. I mean, you should be the yeah. first reader and, and the most excited yeah. reader. I never want to get to a point to where I'm writing books and I'm like, okay. And then publish. Like, I never want to be like, all right. Yeah. You know, I want to be like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is going to be yeah. great. Like, so, but, uh, uh oh, uh, Allison, that is a thing. The conspiracy theory is that Kevin, yeah. Nick and Ernie are one in the same. Never yeah. all three yeah. are in the same place at the same time. We have never managed to all three be in the same place at the same time. So that even even amongst the three of us, we are starting to question whether the other one is real or not. <laughs> so it's like it's almost matrixy in a way because it's like Yeah. Existence and like realism and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dakota, you know, Matt, it's really interesting knowing you as well as I do, because I can see slash hear you in your writing. And it's part of the reason I enjoy your work so much. Well, thank you. Uh, and I know that that's a big thing with Kevin as far as like personality in the writing. Yes. You, yeah. I, I, I can't help but let my personality bleed through, yeah. um, in what I write and it, it, which is not to say that, that the characters are me or some version of me that no. that's something I've never yeah. bought into. Um, but the, you can thank Pete Venkman for all of this. Actually, you can thank Pete, Pete Venkman, <laughs> Pete Venkman and David Addison. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Moonlighting and Ghostbusters. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? That, there you are. If you it. want Who you're trying to come up with the formula for a modern day, Kevin Tomlinson, you take one part Moonlighting, one part Ghostbusters and mix in a dash of, Back to the Future, oh, maybe yeah. a smidge uh, of Doc Brown or Marty. Uh, probably more Doc Brown than Marty. Yeah, I could see that because yeah. I know you're so fascinated with like the science of Ghostbusters. Yeah. So I could see you being the, more on like the Doc Brown side. Yeah, that whole like cobble together a time machine with spare parts and yeah. you know. Uh, see, I would be on the Marty side because it's like the wonderment and like the adventure of it, not really knowing what's going on. That would be like yeah. more my thing. Are you yeah, telling me you built a time machine? <laughs> yeah, I'm not Marty. 1.21 gigawatts. What the hell's a gigawatt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rich has a question for you, Kevin. All You're right. a fan of content marketing. I am. Well, now. he does content marketing. Well, I'm not sure as far as I'm a fan, fan of content marketing. But, uh, what would you recommend for someone who hates social media slash marketing? which I know, as you said at the top of the show, I don't use Facebook, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't use Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook account. Uh, I use Facebook Messenger, but I, I stopped using Facebook forever ago because it just got so toxic. Um, sure. And then I Agreed. went to Twitter. <laughs> oh, so, uh, man. I'm sorry, but it got more toxic. I mean, if you, if you hate social there. media, that's, that's one thing. You don't have yep. to use social media. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of these people who believes that if you're trying to market, you must be on social media. If, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Try to find some kind of set it and forget it um, opportunity. Like I use, um, uh, it's called SmarterQ. And it's a, you can preload content and have it post on Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. Um, so you could just create content in a, in a vacuum that you mm -hmm. enjoy. 
and put it out there with, you know, and make sure that, that the content links back to your stuff and you're, you're good. You don't have to interact. Um, that's against the advice of a lot of social media experts, but they're social media experts, not marketing experts. Sure. Uh, marketing have you experimented with meta with the actual meta page that Facebook has put out where no. it's, it's Facebook no. and Instagram. It's so it's everything condensed into like one thing. Yeah. Which I was actually interested in using because it's not social media in that it's just the behind the scenes metadata of it all. Yeah. So that was actually an interesting thing. I haven't, I haven't dove into it, but I was actually very curious about it. So I don't know if anybody's actually used no background I'm, like meta. I believe that uh, Facebook has f enough of my life. They, there's, there's. I don't need to give them anything else. I, so I don't use Facebook. I don't like what uh, Zuckerberg and and team have done with the platform, and so I avoid it. And I only use Messenger because that's where me and uh, Nick Thacker and Ernie Dempsey uh, managed to create our little group. Um, and it's where, oddly, where most people end up being able to get in, in touch with me. <laughs> so yeah. so that's, that's, that's the only reason I use that. But no, I'm not interested in meta. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, without social media, I don't know where I would be. Um, yeah. As far as, like... So my favorite author when I was, I, I'm going to say when I was younger, because it was over 10 years ago, mm -hmm. was uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Robinson. And um, I messaged him back and forth all the time about his books and stuff. Yeah. And he one day messaged me and asked me to join his ARC group and do beta reading for him. And I was shocked. I was amazed. I was like, holy crap. And um, because of that, I eventually became an author and yeah. it changed my life. And uh, without stuff like what we're doing right now, I would probably still be running a bowling alley pro shop and kind of miserable like I did for 12 years. Yeah, that's, um, I, I will say social media, if nothing else. The benefits are amazing. It's about connecting with people. And if you, yes. if you use it for that, uh, you know, that's, that's how you, you, you hear people talk about all the time how it's, it's who you know, right? It's, it's all about yep. your network and your platform. I think Absolutely. social media for platform is played out. I don't think, I don't think readers discover writers and books via social media, not no. not on the scale that we need them to. But connecting with other authors, being a part of a community, uh, finding yeah. you know mentors, it's a, it's a great tool, and that's what I that's what I'd prefer to use it for. Yeah, I mean, like stuff like we're doing right now is yeah. like being able to hear from readers. Um, Kevin and I being able to talk to each media? other like this. The stuff that I, we're doing right now, podcasting and all that. You know what? What would so? Here's the question: Would podcasting be what it is without social media? Without any so without YouTube? Without all that stuff? Because I mean, YouTube well, is technically social media, so it's like would podcasting yeah. even be where it is? Because I mean, I've been I listening mean, to podcasts for years. I mean, I'm talking years because fantasy yeah. football and like all that stuff. I had a podcast before I had a Twitter account. So honestly, the only reason I have a Twitter account and it's very rarely is during fantasy football draft season when I'm like looking for experts yeah. advice. That's the only reason I use one. It, it, it's actually not work related. It's more just personal for a while. It was political, which was terrible. And then I really quickly decided to get off of that because I was like gut hurt because of how disgusting Twitter got. Um, but uh, luckily on Facebook, it, for me anyways, it never got weird. 
because it's yeah. just who you follow and it's 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 what you choose to see. So that is that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, oh, and uh, here is uh, what got me about John Wick is that they kept talking about how he uses improvised weapons, but the whole movie was all about fists, guns, knives. As Matt says, loads of violence, but for me, not that engaging. Yeah, but but he used he shot people with the knives and he stabbed people with the guns, so he was improvising. <laughs> it's true. Now I will say, uh, what you need to do is Terran Tactical is a uh, uh, gun and weapons page on. Uh, well, well, they're a business. They're a really successful business, but they do a lot of Hollywood training when it comes to guns, and they trained Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry and a lot of the John Wick cast. And they do a lot of people. Post Malone did some shooting, which was very impressive. And if you know who Post Malone is, I was actually very shocked to see how well he can actually handle weapons. I was very, like, impressed. Um, but Terran Tactical, if you go on their Instagram page or you just Google it, uh, they show Keanu training at their range for the first John Wick. And that's where he learned a lot of his uh, weapons handling. And it's yeah. very, very, very cool to see Keanu in a backwards baseball cap just rocking this AR-15 and these pistols and shotguns and just going to town on this range. I was like, holy crap. I mean, it's legitimate. Everything he does, he's... I mean, that's just Keanu in a nutshell, though. I mean, that's just his level of work. Yeah. But... Um, so, Allison, uh, see, when you said moonlighting, I automatically thought of Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. So that's what you should think of. That's yeah. the two. Did you see the news about Bruce today? Yeah, I did. That was you, so disheartening. You have no idea how heartbreaking that is for me either, because he that really was hurt. one of my mentors um, growing up. And, I, you know, I, I really did model myself after David Addison mostly. But, I mean, it, there was a point at which, you know, if I remember the, like, Seagram's wine cooler commercials. Like, if... <laughs> If Bruce Willis showed up in a commercial for adult diapers, I was going to go buy those adult diapers. Uh, and it turns out yeah. that may be a thing now. Uh, no, that's too soon. But yeah, very sad. I was sad. about to say, you're, you're, well, theoretically, we're all on our way, but, you know. <sighs> yeah. yeah, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Bruce was officially diagnosed with dementia, yeah. uh, which is just, because what was he diagnosed with a year or two ago? Uh, some like an aphasia or something yeah no health wise it's it's been it's been a battle for him lately and um i mean my grandmother went through uh alzheimer's dementia type of stuff and um yeah. uh it's it's scary it's scary and it's it's heartbreaking and um for somebody like bruce who who man how yeah. many tens of hundreds of millions of people tens of millions of people has he touched and been like a part of their like us so yeah. it's like we just did i will say show and it's like i i there was no yeah. one better in the 90s i mean he was he was for several man. years now though there's there's been stirrings behind the scenes in hollywood where you know he's acted very strangely mm -hmm. um i think there were probably some signs there for for quite a while i know the whole thing with um kevin smith and the movie uh, cop out um, you know, he kind of went off the deep end in, in, in that movie with some of the things he was doing. Um, you know, there was, and back then people were kind of, there was a little rumor that he was sort of off his game. And I think it's just been steadily getting worse over the, over the past decade. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 
it's rough. I mean, and that that's let's. I mean, what happened? What did you? Where were you when you found out that you know Michael J. Fox was diagnosed with Parkinson's? Oh, I know. Yeah, that was that was tragic. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's all it, it is. It's tra There's been several like celebrity tragedies. You know, celebrities dying or or, or ODing or something like that. It, you know, I'm not going to say that isn't sad, but that that sort of thing doesn't hit quite as hard as say, you know, Christopher Reeves, you know, yep. being paralyzed and Michael J. Fox yeah. getting Parkinson's and, you know, that, 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 that's the, that's the sort of thing that really haunts you because it, it's more than just career ending. Like it's that, it's that life altering. Yeah. It's life altering yeah. for them, for their families. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when, remember when he left uh, spin city, yeah that's when he yeah. was diagnosed i mean yeah. i 100 i was a like spin city his just his character and the cast everybody was amazing mm -hmm. and yeah. judd nelson and there was like such a great i think it was judd nelson wasn't he yeah judd that nelson took over that? did he yeah i don't remember I think, it, was he the one that took over for i think he was the one that took over for michael j fox on the show it wasn't uh uh sheen um what's his name wasn't charlie uh, wasn't wasn't charlie sheen no it's been that it long yeah i'm pretty sure it's judd i'm pretty sure maybe it right. was but uh i remember when they wrote him off on the show because of his health stuff going on yeah. and i was just like man that's i mean don't get me wrong the billions of dollars that he's raised for parkinson's research and stuff i mean he's probably he's made such a huge difference with yeah in the world yeah. So, I mean, it, it, but it's like that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. Like yeah. Christopher Reeve was before my time. Like, you know, I was born in 84. So, I mean, Christopher Reeve, I love Christopher Reeve and what he did, but it, yeah. that didn't hit me as hard as Michael J. Fox would have. Well, I was at a uh, an event in Houston that Christopher Reeve was supposed to, to MC. And oh, wow. it was the day that it that the accident happened. No one had really heard yet, but they came and announced that he wasn't going to be able to do it. And they actually got uh, James Earl Jones to to sub in for him. And so I wasn't heartbroken, but the rumors of, of something had happened to him were all over the place. And then by the end of the sure. evening, you know, we didn't have Internet back at that point, um, at no. least not the way we have it now. And uh, there were no mobile phones to pick this stuff up on but people were starting to hear things over the radio or whatever so by the time i left that i'd already heard that he'd, he'd been injured in a, a horse riding accident and uh yeah, he was a equestrian he was a jumper yeah he was yeah. a jumper yeah and his horse threw him and he broke his neck yeah so i remember the announcement though i remember that's the thing that stuck with me is they did this announcement over the loudspeakers that he was in they said he was injured and that he wouldn't yeah. be able to make it and that we're sending him our, our prayers and best wishes and that um, we would be, and then they announced that it was James Earl Jones and everybody got excited. And uh, James Earl Jones comes over and says, I am your father. And then uh, that was, that was <laughs> it, you know? So anyway, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, and then you think about like the, the ironies of life, which sucks, but uh, is that Superman can't walk. And you're yeah. like, you know, that was always one thing growing up where you're just like, no, wow, the thing Superman that hit me and, and like, yeah, it was the curse of Superman though. Yeah. Cause, um, 
he was like the third or fourth Superman actor who'd met with some strange demise. Although he didn't yeah. die at that sure. point, but um, but you know, so it, it, so there was that whole curse of Superman. Yeah. So yeah. Um. We, uh, we got James, more questions. Uh, yeah, I barely got through Deadpool mainly because the language and such violence to me wasn't that bad. Granted, there was humor, but the language got me. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was rough. Uh, since having my daughter, a lot of language bothers me more though so than violence. And yeah, one hundred percent understand. I get it. Yeah. I See, I don't have kids, it. so I'm completely yeah. uh, heartless. You are a heartless uh, heart heartless. I don't um, experience human emotions. We'll call a biestered. Um, trying to keep it. So, uh, uh oh, uh, Rich, if you get the moonlighting musical going, Kevin, I think you better play Madeline yeah. Hayes. Rich, your burn would work a lot better if you'd spelled Madeline correctly. Uh oh, that's not how. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people throw random Y's into names. I don't know. <laughs> no, the Y. There's a Y. There's, there's a y. no O. Oh, okay, okay. That's okay. Uh, Ray Braun. I'm getting him back. What's going on? Hey, Ray. Ray. How you doing? Kevin, are you still thinking about sneaking in some sci-fi? Now, I know you did the sequel to Evergreen um, late last year. So, Which I get, yeah, does does sort of somewhat count as sci-fi, kind of sci-fi thriller. Um, Ray's been with me since the beginning, man. He read the Citadel books and everything. I I do. I think a lot about it, but what – all the opportunities that come to me keep coming in as thriller opportunities. I love thrillers. Um, I, I have written sci-fi shorts, you know, <laughs> short stories and novellas. And, and uh, you know, so I think that it's still there in me. Uh, I still want to do that. Yeah, I, I will. I will eventually. I'll, I'll write another sci-fi novel eventually. I can't say when, but it's a, sure. you, you never you never forget your first crush. Allison, don't forget about the flux capacitor. How could I? Uh, no, nobody can forget about it. How can no. I forget? Now, do we prefer flux capacitor charged by lightning bolt, um, uranium, or uh, garbage? Mister Mister Fusion. Mister Fusion. Yeah. Mister Fusion is just so much more comical. <laughs> lightning is amazing. Like lightning was so cool, but Mister Fusion. Yeah. When he's throwing the banana peel in the in the soda can, that was. That was put, I like how he poured the soda in first, and then threw the can in. That's the part that amused me. Rich, touche, Kevin, touche. But I'll get you and your little dog too. <laughs> That's fine. And he does have a little dog. He's interrupted I podcasts in the dog. past. <laughs> yeah, I remember why we were at a podcast. Actually, the first time I talked to Kevin a few months ago, and the door just slowly opened. Because of his camera angle, I couldn't see yeah. what was going on. You can't see her because she's, you know, she's like <laughs> it's on the door open. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're lucky that she didn't start barking at me because usually what she's doing is telling me she wants to either go outside yeah. or eat something. Uh, uh, Ray, again, uh, funny. I first hooked up with Kevin as an arc reader through his website, yeah. not social media. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I. I mean, I, I'm. It's very rare, I think, for me at least, to get a reader <laughs> via social media. You know, because you get to you're just inundated with content and ads and people pushing stuff, sure. and you know, it's not. I do promote my stuff on social media on the off chance, uh, but if I didn't, if I wasn't automating that, I don't think I'd bother. I mean, I'm. I'm. It just. I don't. Don't think anybody 
finds books that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, advertising wise, I mean, what's the king right now is video. So it's like yeah. there's not a lot of authors that do video or yeah. are willing to do stuff like this. Um, so I, I kind of understand it. I get it. It's like video is easy. It's people are more willing to watch a video. I mean, look yeah. at freaking TikTok, for instance, a video about nothing than they are to read an article about nothing. So it's yeah. like, here we are. Um, Dakota has a question for you, Kevin. Uh, I'm yeah. definitely going to check out your writing. Any recommendations on where to start? I have a very e eclectic taste when it comes to reading. So pretty much anything is good for me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, everyone asks that question. It's very hard to answer. I mean, you, you know, it just depends on what your preferences are. If you're a start at the beginning kind of person, you know, I've got um, like three or four different series. Uh, you know, go pick any given number one. But if you if you're looking for archaeological thrillers, uh, my yeah, like similar Cotler to my books. stuff. Cotler. Yeah, yeah. Cotler. Coelho uh, Medallion is the first the book. Coelho Medallion. And funny enough, there's a great wine label called Coelho. <laughs> yeah, that's spelled with a C, by the way. Yes. Coelho Medallion. Yeah. Uh, but it's a Portuguese name. As I borrowed that from uh, uh, Paulo Coelho, the author of uh, The Alchemist. So, oh. uh, yeah, there's so, yeah, a wine family out in Oregon, the Coelhos, and uh, yeah. they make some fabulous wine. So, I haven't tried Dakota it. will remember that from uh, uh, Great Pinot Noir, for what it's worth, the uh, Coelho. But uh, Dakota will remember that. That that was a good seller for us. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'll go down to the very. Thanks for pronouncing that for us, Coelho. <laughs> Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's fun it's know that Kevin I, and I actually pronounce it the same. So that was a good thing. Well, and the, the only reason I know how to pronounce it is because my the guy who narrated my that book, um, the the original narrator of that book, uh checked with me to make sure it's pronounced Quelo, right? Because that's the Portuguese pronunciation. I said, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's that's what it is. Yeah. So he, like the winemaker. No that's idea. that's actually the the spelling for the winemaker. It's Brian Coelho. So yeah, that's yeah. the it's the Coelho family. So yeah. Um yep. Yep. and that's how I know it because I was like Colho? <laughs> it's like Colho? Yeah. And they're like, it's Coelho. Well, like, all right. And people joke and Ernie and Nick uh teased me about this at first all the time, but like, you know, uh that all my titles involved words that were very difficult to pronounce. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is not true. It's Quelo Medallion, and then the next my, one. Mine is tough on. sometimes. Mayan. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Do people say that? Mayan. No, they don't. Yeah. No. I have a book called The Janai Sigil, and I've heard it called all kinds of things. Uh, one that the that I had to really fight laughing over was I was on a radio show, and uh, a fairly prominent radio show, and the guy referred to it as the Jenny Sigil, and uh. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, and I have to for the next few minutes discuss the Jenny Sigel, and uh, I, I'm like, yeah, you I'm avoiding them. Yeah. I couldn't correct him. I couldn't you even couldn't say. I actually, what I did you was, say, but you couldn't point, say the other pronunciation with a straight face, though. There's no way. Yeah, I know. Was it, I was it radio it. or is it video? That was radio. Okay, thank so God. I, was there, I would have been grinning. The, I would have been grinning like an idiot the whole time. That's why I, I, I do I do like radio interviews. When I get invited to be on the radio, I, I mean, sure. I like doing TV. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I the hell's TV? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with TV. Uh, <laughs> What's TV? I'm good with YouTube. I'm good with you know. I have, I but I have a face for radio. 
no, I, yeah. I, I, I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy doing those. I, those are fun, by the way. Yeah. Radio is so different from everything else I do. You know, I've done, I used to work in radio. So, I mean, I know yeah. the rhythms of it. I know how it's supposed to go, but I mean, I worked in retail my entire life. So face to face is more my style. I like face to face too. Like this kind of stuff where I can actually see a human being <clears throat> that I'm talking to. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I prefer this. I prefer the video podcast style. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, James, uh, that's actually how I started doing arcs and getting into proofreading. I started messaging Ernie, and then eventually I started doing arc work for him. And it's not my day job, granted, but I love doing it. I thoroughly enjoy reading the drafts before the final copy. Yeah, I've been actually meaning to get a hold of James for that. So <laughs> I'm happy you brought that back up, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sick of, uh, I'm not sick. I can't say sick because she's my cousin, Karen. Uh, she is my main, main, main gal when it comes to proofreading nowadays. And she's, uh, oh man, she's brutal. She is, yeah. she is tough. She is so thorough that it's like, man, I feel like I'm a terrible author now because she catches so much stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't feel bad though. You no. know, that's the point of an edit. And, you know, our job as, as authors are <clears throat> to, Tell we're the, the ones who create yeah. the the, yeah. the 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 slab of marble. You know, yeah. we're gonna start chipping away at that marble. Yeah, and well, then when it's done, yeah. someone else can come along and tell, point out the little nick of stone here and there that we missed and the cracks and yeah, and that sort of thing. Well, it's funny. Like, uh, so like I've mentioned before, Rich and I did a Fifth Element podcast, um, my second favorite movie ever made, because uh, I've mentioned my my favorites uh, over and over again on that show. But um, we talked about uh, you on the show, how Pete Vinkman kind of helped your personality develop. Yeah. And I unknowingly realized where some of mine was, was things like the scene where I say it all the time in my normal life, like all the mm -hmm. time it's on the shows. I say it all the time where I say I speak two languages, English and bad English. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that came from Fifth Element until I rewatched it again. Because I've said that saying so much in my life that it feels organic, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was just yeah. one of those things that I just identified with and because it's true. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't speak Spanish. I don't have a second language. I speak, I try to speak English and I speak bad English. And yeah. it just, I'm like, wow, that actually came from Fifth Element. And that was probably when it first came out in the, you know, 97, mm. you know, it's, it's amazing where a film can just influence you you know, 20 years later plus. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, if we're talking percentages, like 90% of my personality is cobbled together from film and TV. It, so. it, it really is, to be honest. It really is. It's, well, if you think about it, that does make sense because you're, you know, I, I grew up with TV as my nanny and like a lot of kids, uh, from my generation. And every time I ever moved, my wife picked up on this after we got married and, and we moved a lot. My wife and I have moved a yeah. lot. Um, but she says, you know, the first thing you do is you set up the TV. The very first thing we move into a new house, new apartment, doesn't matter. The very first thing that gets set up is the TV. And then yeah, that, that stays on while we do else. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that it's not in a sense. It's that Kara makes the decisions on where things are placed. Sure. Uh, she won't let me make those decisions. But what happens is there's a quietness in a new home that you're not adjusted to yet. There's okay. a, yeah, just, and I, it, for yeah. my entire bachelor years, that was how I kept myself company 
you know, in the evenings. I didn't feel lonely because I had, you know, Chandler and Ross and Rachel and I had, you know, uh, Seinfeld and I had, you know, I had all, yeah. all these characters. So I had Nash Bridges and, you know, I was a big Nash Bridges guy. I was all comedies, comedies yeah. and sci-fi. Well, I mean, Cheech Marin and Nash Bridges. I mean, there, there, there were some moments. Don Johnson yeah. and Nash Bridges. That was, that was yeah. a great, that was a great one, two punch. But, yeah. um, uh, J- James speaks English and redneck. So. I grew up in red. I grew up redneck. Yeah. I've I can, been I in South Florida. So depending on where you live in South Florida, it's definitely English and redneck. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I am, there's a lot of redneck because it's out kind of near the boons of South Florida. So I get it. Um, there was something else. Uh, Allison said something. Uh, I'm guessing I have his return to the oh, Bruno return album. Of, yeah. Uh, yes. That okay. that was Bruce Willis's uh, album. Okay. And he did another one after that. I thought he, it was Bruce. he did a couple of them. Yeah, I great, burned that tape up. I, yeah. I had the tape and then later the CD. I destroyed that tape playing it. Isn't that ridiculous, Allison? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only reason I bought that was because it was Bruce Willis, but he did have a song that, that did get on top 40, though. Yeah. So. Uh, Rich is still in the chat. Rich, do you remember what we talked about on the Fifth Element podcast where I said it was something and Hudson Hawk? I was I was combining two different things when it came to Bruce. I can't remember what we were talking about, but that was like one of my Hudson Hawk, Hudson Hawk was one of my favorite movies growing up, and it still is. I, I just yeah. Danny Aiello and him were so good together. To and, this day, I cannot use ketchup in a restaurant without saying they got the worst ketchup in prison. <laughs> and you know what it is? It's it's swinging on a star. It's swinging on a star. It it's a musical, such, but it was such a great concept because they were thieves and crooks that kept time by singing and, songs at specific lengths and here's the thing that movie amazing... got panned by the critics but i have oh, yet to meet a single person who who watched it um anyway who didn't yeah. love the movie yeah so corbin uh, dallas was a uh was yeah. a amalgamation of hudson hawk and john mcclain okay and that okay. that was my because he had the humor and he had just the slyness of Hudson of the Hudson yeah. Hawk, uh, Joe, and he was John McClane because it's just 90s Bruce Willis. But it was like, but it wasn't the typical Bruce Willis that you you were used to seeing. No. Corbin Dallas was more like comedic and laid back and more yeah. like, I don't want to say slapsticky, but he had more like looseness about him. I will say this um, about Hudson Hawk. I remember because at the time that movie flopped and I remember there was an interview with Bruce Willis um, on like 60 minutes or something, you know, one of the big news shows, the magazine shows. And, uh, they asked him about it, you know, and he says, you know, the thing is I've made enough money from moonlighting and die hard that if I wanted to retire by a lake and skip rocks for the rest of my life, I could do it and still be a millionaire at the end. And I, I thought that is, that's what I'm aiming for. I yeah. want the sit by lake and skip rocks, f u money. That's what I'm after. <laughs> uh, so Ray, back to your sci-fi. Maybe sneak a, in a collection of your sci-fi shorts. I should do that. I, I have a, I think a, enough of them now that I could put together. I did. I do actually have a collect a sci-fi collection. I think I've pulled it from distribution by this point. It needs editing. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I had a, a sci-fi collection, and I. A couple of them, actually. So, yeah, I should do that. 
Allison, can you grab can you grab the first book on your shelf? Which shelf behind me or in front of me or to my right or over on my left? Which which shelf? Probably <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was, interesting. Here, was the first book, the closest book to me physically at this moment is uh the Tao Te Ching. Uh, from Lao Tzu. Oh my gosh, mine is not fiction either. So, uh, hold on. Closest fiction to me is uh, John Grisham's. I forgot I have a stack behind me too. Hold on. Uh, uh -oh. John, John Grisham, The King of Torts, which uh, is the one I just is, started reading. So, this is depending on mine is the new Tim Tebow book, One Year Devotional, okay. Mission Possible. Okay. So, this is actually 365 devotional Christian read. And it's just a one page kind of uh, make me a better man type of book. If I didn't so. have a very rare pile of project on, on the floor to my left, I would, I would pan the camera around and show you the, the office. I never do this. I swear, but I, I put a pile of crap on the floor here for me to get to later. Uh, I've got a little special project in mind and I'm, I'm building it from spare parts I had laying around. Did but. you ever see the movie almost heroes? Yes. Okay, I so with else, yes. with the women made of hay, yeah, he and he looks back in the door and he goes, "I swear that never happens to me." Yeah, <laughs> that, that got me. That was good. Yeah. That was yeah. good. Uh, and Rich also says uh, Richard E. Grant was the bomb in Hudson Hawk. It's yes, like, he was good. Hudson Hawk, great was a great movie. Great, great movie. It had perfect cast. Had per a perfect script. It had perfect the history music. behind it, like all the history behind it with Leonardo da Vinci. Legitimate and stuff. history. Legitimate like history. That, that stuff was, every, it, with the exception of you know creating uh, a crystal that make gold. I mean, it was all yeah. you know genuine uh, history of Leonardo. In fact, that's where I learned for the first time any history about Leonardo. Honestly, um, I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know any of the stuff about the Schwarzes or sure. any of that. So Dakota, I know it is. Uh, so I debated not asking it for a reason, but I figured it at least I'd throw it out there. And yes, I do remember the Pinot Noir as far as the pronunciation he was asking uh, with the Okay. Quayo. So okay, um, that but, uh, Ray, uh, that was great reading your short stories and excerpts of the novels on your website. Uh, yes, the Garden. He he he. Yes, yeah. Ray's actually been trying to get me to to expand one of the short stories. Uh, for years so may, maybe maybe <laughs> you never know uh allison uh kevin as you are not doing social media well to a degree he's not doing social media uh i will take it as that is why you haven't responded to my random interview questions over <laughs> oh man she's putting you on oh, the spot wow, wow she's I'm putting sorry. you on blast we're i'm sorry <laughs> i've done two of them but yes that's probably true um should probably just you, email them. <laughs> yeah, are you sending that to me on me Messenger? Because I he checks. What messenger. I've noticed, I do check Messenger, and what I've noticed though is that sometimes people will send me something. Like I've had people complain that I'm not responding to their friend requests. I'm like, I never see any of this stuff. I don't ever know. Even when I go looking for it, I can't find some of it. So yeah, really, really dumb is actually a few hours ago, uh, about four or five hours ago. I asked Nick, who is my partner with Conundrum Publishing, um, hey, I need access, admin access to the Facebook uh, account because I'm going to start bolstering the Conundrum Publishing Facebook account. And he goes, I already gave it to you. I'm like, no, you didn't. 
And I go into my notifications and it says pending request for approval. I'm like, oh crap, he did. I just never got yeah. the I never got the notification that he I never gave, get that stuff. So I guess I have to accept the admin request. And I'm like, please, I didn't even know you sent that to me. <laughs> yeah, please accept my yeah. apologies. I, yes. I I do not mean to ignore anybody. That's never been my plan. If if you're not if yeah. if you want to reach out to me, and and I, I will tell, tell everybody tell now. <laughs> I will tell everybody listening and watching on Facebook. Allison has a group of Allison Valentine's random Facebook interview. I'm sorry, I'm butchering the name, but you'll find it. I would uh, love she, to she do a, that. She has a group and it's like 10 random questions and it's like uh, most embarrassing moment in your life, like this kind of stuff. It's not just work related. And um, it's really cool. Like I said, I've done it twice with her with these questions and they're they're, they're really they're really cool. Um, Matt, Matt knows how to get hold of me. Yeah. If, if you can't get me, if, you've, if you're sending me messages and I'm not seeing it, I know the deets. Get Matt to reach out to me. <laughs> I think that still means details nowadays. Right? I, I feel just say horrible weird. when that that sort of thing uh, happens. Oh, so do I. Because I, you know, I like talking to people about this stuff. I like, you know, I love doing interviews. I would never uh, intentionally ignore someone. I had Doctor Who and the Incredible Hulk. So what does that say about me? You are you. Um, I love Doctor Who, and I uh, I loved watching the Hulk too. In fact, I had a character. When I was a kid uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, that I pretended to be called the creature who was uh, had red skin because that's the only color of makeup I could find, but had shredded shirt and shredded uh, jean shorts. And that's what I went as Halloween like three years in a row. So, <laughs> but Doctor Who, I didn't get into until I was in, uh, until the recent ones, like 2006. Okay. Um, uh, Allison asks, uh, Kevin, regards to your books to read, which is an amazing way for readers to reach new authors. Have you ever thought about doing something similar for a younger audience? Uh, don't really know what that means. Now, I, I do want to say books to read is draft digitals thing. And I represent it, but I did not create it or anything. Uh, sure. but I do use it and it is amazing. Um, uh, don't, I don't know what like it maybe what for she like means. young for like, like, because you could create like a, yeah, yeah, you could create a uh, like book tab or or reading page or a reading list or whatever for young like young adult uh, stuff, young adult audience. Okay, easy enough. Um, so yeah, sorry, Allison. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to talk to me about that, reach out through Matt if you yeah. have to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it because because you can totally do that. Uh oh. Uh, question so, for both of you. Okay. Question for both of you. If you had to pick one series to write for the rest of your career, which would you choose? Not based on sales, but enjoyment. And uh, Kristen Williams happens to be my wife. So okay. So she's well, hello from Kristen. the other room. Yeah, watching. Uh, I will say for me, if I was, if not I, based on sales, were, just just enjoyment. Not based on sales. If I if all I could ever write again for the rest of my career was this, I'd probably write the cobbler books because, um, it's the character I've spent the most time with, uh, has been my biggest success financially. Yes. But it's also been the book that I, I, I feel shifted gears for me as an author and sure. made me the author I am. So, yeah. What about um, you? Mine. So this is where it gets weird. So mine is, I guess you would expect me to say the Jack Riley series, which it, it, it is like, that's the one I enjoy the most. Like I absolutely love writing that series series wise. My favorite mm -hmm. character is Frank moon from my unseen, uh, series, which I just republished used to be called dead moon. 
Um, Frank is basically me in the situation of a post-apocalyptic world. So it's first person present. It's all in the moment with the way it's written. Um, I love writing those books because of like the enjoyment I get just putting myself in the moment. Um, As far as like research and as far as just like the overall like aspect of the series itself, it's definitely my Jack Riley series. I love Jack. I love the world that I'm building with him and I love anything like history related. That's the one thing with the Frank Moon books is it they're action horror thrillers. It's set in an apocalyptic kind of world. It's not these archaeological thrillers, action adventure novels. So um I mean Jack is my answer, but Frank's a close second. Um, he really is. Um so we have wow, we have a ton of uh questions and stuff coming through. Holy cow. Um, let me get caught up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Dakota's very right. Sometimes the critics just get it wrong, uh, which I, yeah. I think I used that argument talking about, um, Gladiator because Gladiator wasn't as highly thought of when it first came out as I thought it would be based yeah. on the cast and based on the writing and based on when I saw it in theaters on opening weekend, I was like, holy crap, that might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, sometimes the critics just flat out get it wrong. That's why when you see uh, Rotten Tomato scores on movies, take them with a grain of salt. I will tell you that. So um, it's one of those things where the critic has an agenda a lot of the time. Maybe there's an actor they don't like. Maybe there's a writer they don't agree with. Uh, maybe they're not a big fan of big CGI movies. Maybe they want smaller indie films. So they will improperly rate a film based on their own judgment. So you have do, to be do you careful. let do you uh, use critics to guide your like movie watching experience? Not at all, actually. Yeah, uh, me neither. F- for me, it's more actor related, and then yeah. I look into what I mean the premise of it all. I mean, for me, it's probably more genre related than it is what it you know. Like as much as I love John Krasinski and I love everything he's done, A Quiet Place was great. But I'm not a huge fan of the genre. Yeah. So that's all it is for me. It's more like I was more like that kind of stuff. So it's like it's it's genre related. Like when I see one of my favorite action adventure actors do something very um, serious and like very like dramatic, um, I may not see it just because I don't like that style of movie. So it's probably more genre than anything I'm saying it out loud. But um uh, James, uh, the first Grisham novel I ever read was The Client. I read yeah. it right after it came out in paperback, and I read it in less than four hours. It was that good to me. That's impressive because I don't think I know of a Grisham book that's less than 400 pages. So yeah. um, that's a that's a good chunk of reading in one sitting. I, I, I think the – Yeah. Go ahead. I read – pretty sure I read The Firm was the first thing I read back, you know, right, probably close after it came out. But I've been on a real John Grisham uh, jag lately because um, I'm trying to – I have this thing where when I – I've decided I want a John Grisham-level career. So I'm studying the man and everything he's written. And so I'm reading all 45 of his novels uh, in a row, and uh, I'm watching every interview, reading every interview. You know, anything anything John Grisham right now is on my plate. Yeah, uh, Rich was talking to me about the um... – what are they called? The uh, 
what do they call it? The writing courses and stuff that people are going. Masterclass. Masterclass. And he yeah. was talking about Baldacci's was amazing. Yeah. And there, there's a few guys that have done them recently that were like really eye-opening with like certain things. So yep. Uh, yep. that's kind of cool that things like this are, are just popping and going through. Um, uh, Some of those uh, are pretty cool. I, 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 I don't oh, have a subscription the... anymore, but I, I did uh, several of I did every writing one. They're in the message requests recently. bit. Uh, that I never remember to look at. Yeah, there's a separate field for message requests, which I don't understand a lot of the time. Which, why? Yeah, isn't that counterproductive for the entire... Th and if I don't know that it's there, why would I go looking for it? That's like when people I get mad at me because think, their email went to my junk folder. I think you know? it's kind of the same thing where I think message requests is if somebody does not follow you or are friends with you but tries to message you. But shouldn't it at least alert you that you have Whoa. a message so that you can decide whether you want yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, that's how do whole... you make friends? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But I think that's why it does it. So it, there's a reason. It doesn't have to be a good reason, but at least there's a reason. Um, yeah. But uh, so John Dolan, how you doing? Uh, not very proficient with Facebook Lives, but I wanted to say once again how much I love the Jack Riley series. Well, thank you. And especially since my father worked for the National Park and Forest Service for most of his life. And his name was Jack. <laughs> LOL. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Jack was uh, NPS, National Park Service, for a bit. Uh, and now he is a tactical archaeological command operative agent, investigator, whatever you want to call it. They don't it's really very, have a title. It's very James Rollins of you. The back yeah. character. Very similar. So it was kind of weird because then Harvey Bennett. Yeah. Nick's guy. Yeah. NPS. Uh, Jeremy Robinson had a character. Uh, Mark. Uh, the heck was his name? Mark Hawkins, who was yeah. Island 37. He was in a few different books. Great character. Also NPS. Uh, all Yellowstone. Uh, yeah. 100% on accident while Jack was a Yellowstone Ranger. Uh, yeah. mostly because the first book in this series, when I pitched this series to the publisher, that's signed through Severed Press. When I pitched the series through the publisher, the first book was supposed to be The Roosevelt Conspiracy. Yeah. And it was supposed to be about Devil's Tower. And that's what the second book was about. But they wanted something bigger and more like international because they're an Australian uh, publisher. So yeah. I, I get it. So the whole idea was Jack was supposed to be in Wyoming, which is where Yellowstone is. And the obvious choice since he's ex-military, I was like, oh, maybe he's you know, struggling with PTSD. He's doing this. So he needs something where he's involved, but it's quieter and it's more like not as engaging. So NPS just sounded great to work with. Yeah. And then it became the second book of the series. And then, you know, it was kind of an accident thing. It was based on where the book, the series was supposed to start versus where the series went. That's, you know, when I, so Dan Kotler um, is this multi- phd you know super character and really the reason that that happened was because i only wrote that first book because nick dared me to on air and uh i cobbled together a story real fast and i could see right away that it could lead to a series and what i was afraid of was all my background at that point was primarily with uh writing about like you know quantum physics and, and other science related topics. And so what I wanted to do was give myself an out. Yeah. Nerd. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, I want, I wanted to stay close to shore, Yeah, you know, uh, cause I was writing an archeological thrillers and I know quite a bit, 
more than I thought I did, really. But I was afraid I'd run out of material. So I left yeah. myself an out so that I could start writing in at least some of the quantum physics stuff that I'd done. So I made him a dual uh, PhD. And now I wish I had gone with uh, um, anthropology and um, uh, I think I was thinking maybe forensic psychology Ooh. would have been a great double. Yeah. But so, you know, Alice, Allison, I've got a question for you both, DC or Marvel, and which character would you, would either of you choose to be and why? Uh, my, so two parts, my comic books growing up was always DC. It was always DC. And the, the exception being X-Men. Um, okay. But um, I was always an X-Men guy. But DC, I always grew up as a Superman guy. I loved the Superman comics from years ago. I loved Green Lantern. Um, probably because Superman was like the man back yeah. in the 80s and 90s. It was like Superman was like the comic book hero. Um, <clears throat> as I got older and I got more into Marvel and I realized, wow, these guys are amazing too. I had that cross. Remember that crossover novel, DC versus Marvel? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I might actually still have it somewhere. I don't know. But uh, <coughs> nowadays, it's more cinematically. Marvel's just had a lot better success because... Yeah, they own it right now. We'll yeah. see what happens now that James Gunn is at the helm of uh, Well, DC. you say they own it right now, but when you really think about it, besides their TV shows, which have been good, yeah, they really have kind of been struggling dc or marvel marvel ever since the avengers ended and it's yeah. become kind of more wide open and they're not i don't disagree i don't it, disagree but there's been no offering from dc no 100 since then 100 so yeah yes. i think that there's potential i think the the snyder cut of uh, justice league could have been their breakwater moment but they 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 flubbed it but yeah they did uh and now the guy, leading, the guy leading the current DC universe. Um, James Gunn. Yeah. No, I was saying the actor. Uh, oh. Uh, the uh, the Flash has a lot on his plate that he shouldn't. Uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> Ezra Miller I'm has so some torn. issues. Ezra Miller is. That movie looked great. Not but a I, good I, person. Yeah. He's the a movie, terrible person. But when man. it comes to him portraying that character, I'm like, that's the perfect not the Flash that we all grew up with or that no. any of us knew from comics. but Although we get a lot of heat from the TV show Flash guy. That actor, everybody's yeah. a, like just gaga over. But yeah. Um, yeah, the movie looks great, the Flash movie. But man, I just don't want to support that human being. I, just... I have to I have to answer this question, though, because I... Yes, go ahead. I, I am contractually oh, I didn't, obligated. I didn't, I didn't answer the uh, uh, super or the character. Oh, part, yeah. Which, which character? Which character would you be? So when I was a kid, it was always Cyclops. Okay. Because I had glasses, and I just thought he was kind of like, I just thought he was like, oh, cool, glass, you know, like you see the eyes, like his, his superpower is his eyes. Interesting. And okay. he was the leader. He was the he was the man. And I grew up watching the 90s X-Men, which they're about to reboot, you know, X-Men 97. Yeah. yeah. And greatest, might be the greatest animated show ever, um, at least yeah. in... In my eyes. You know what was interesting about Cyclops? And I, I won't say that he was one of my favorite characters or anything, but here's what's truly interesting to me about him. Um, his, those, the visor and everything is there because of an injury. <coughs> so he, he really doesn't have, so to me, thinking about that as a character, like what an interesting choice to make. 
to to you gave yeah. this guy this ability. You didn't have to limit him in any way, right? Just give him control of this ability. But you you gave him this injury that now makes it so that he has to wear this visor. That's that's an interesting choice to make. And I liked character. it when they started giving him the sunglasses too that had the yeah. reflectors that had the red yeah. whatever they were. Yeah. Um, but I just I thought that character and he was very uptight, but he was he also just battled Logan really well with their personality yeah. trait, and that was before there was like this weird love triangle. But because um, in the animated show that really didn't exist, uh, he was Logan was flirty with Gene, but he wasn't like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was always one of my favorites just because there was like this disability handicap thing. But he was also just like the leader of this ultimate team. Mm-hmm. And he had this just massive weapon at his disposal. And I just thought it was cool. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I, I, I get behind that. I, and, mine. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was always a Marvel kid. Okay. Uh, straight up, and my character was Spider Man, and I, I subscribed to every every Spider Man comic that existed. Uh, the two there's a, lot the, of, there's a lot of Peter in you. I can see that. Uh, well, if you think comic about book, it, comic book Peter. There's a lot of yeah. Comic the book the he was a yeah. smart ass. He's he's smart, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, you know, he solves his problems with his his mind and his uh powers you know i mean he was just as likely to solve a problem by uh using chemistry as he was using his spider powers that's that's one of the things i always thought was cool i went into chemistry in in high school i had my choice of sciences and i chose chemistry because spider-man was um a chemist and when i got married my wife and I went to pick out a ring. We didn't have a ton of money. I found a ring, and, and it's been replaced now by a very special ring made for me by my good friend. But um, the the first ring I owned was specifically bought because it was round and had these ridges all around it and looked an awful lot like a Spider-Man web shooter. So oh, I was a big cool. Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Interesting. No, that's, that is kind of cool. So this is an easy question. Kevin, to outline or not to outline? <laughs> so now, I, you're, I mean you're also the questionnaire is a yeah. deep deep uh nick thacker style outliner okay yeah i i i have always been a pantser mm-hmm. uh always and so every book i've written to date has been one that i started with a title and then wrote uh the story that as it came to mind so i was a discovery writer but i will confess that um, I'm working on a book right now that the complexity is is such that I needed to not just outline, and this is there's 11 pages of this outline uh, currently. Uh, so that's it's a very detailed and it's too much, honestly. This is proof that I don't know what I'm doing with an outline. Uh, but the, <laughs> I've also created a murder board uh, using Apple Freeform. So. Um, that's how complex the plot is in this book. Wow. So, so I'm not a big fan of outlining. Uh, or I, well, let me just say this: I've always been kind of envious of people who can outline, because I'm like, what a cool skill. But I always felt like I blew my load basically when I was yeah. when I was outlining, and so I never did it. But now I guess I crossed a threshold when I turned 50, and suddenly I want to be a legitimate author. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do it uh, so right. 
yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> if anybody's listened to either the podcast that I've been on, I mean, they know I'm I'm kind of a tweener. Mm-hmm. Um, I let I let the story flow, but I have an idea of where I'm going preset. So, you know, I, I, I try to outline two, three, four chapters ahead to give myself a target, but I don't really go any further than that. And for me, honestly, it's, it's, I don't have the foresight to go that far into the future, into a story and remember it all. (laughs) Uh, So for me, it's just writing in the moment. It's the organic feeling of it all. I also just love doing it. I love being able to kind of figure out the story as I go. I just think it's, it's fun. It makes, it makes the job more fun. Um, So, I mean, that's really what it is for me. I, 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 well, what I will say is my, um, it's not really a big bibliography, but it's like my, my Microsoft Word, I'll have like a file that's like my notes. So it's like all my characters, their background stories, uh, specific scenes I want to include, but they're not like in order. Like it's just cool crap I want to include into the story and then I'll figure it out as I go. So I have like a very large Word file with like a bunch of random stuff uh, that mm-hmm. I'm going to include into the story. Um, so, I mean, if you want to call that an outline, you can call it an outline. Uh, but it's not like chapter to chapter. Like I know Rick Chesler does this where he outlines every chapter before he writes a book. Um, and like there's some guys that just go super, super dense with outlines and I get it. And Nick's a whole different story because of the dictation thing he's doing right now. Yeah. Um, you need an outline to do that. So I 100% understand it. Um, oh, here is the uh, Rich. So with Masterclass, the best ones I've watched were Dave Baldacci and Dan Brown. Uh, Dan Brown's would be interesting too. Uh, the BBC version, do. Maestro, Lee Childs was okay and Alan Moore's was yet to be watched. And you are kind of figuring out Lee Child's British. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. It is about. interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. he's written act- what I consider a very American character. Yeah. It was so Rich being so this is this is behind the scenes pulling the curtain way back. Rich is an Aussie. He's he's in Newcastle, yeah. Australia. And they they speak and read and write the King's English. And so it's British style. And uh we were always talking how um it would behoove a lot of English style, whether Canadian English or, you know, Aussie English to write American because of just where the dollars are. And that's just media in general um, as far as, and we were talking about that. And then we brought up Lee Child because we were like, hardly anybody understands that he's British, he's English. And I use those interchangeably and I'm sorry, British and English, but... But he writes one of the biggest, boisterous American characters in, like, book history <laughs> with yeah. Jack Reacher. So you're like, holy crap. It's like, you really, it's, it's it. and Matthew Riley does the same thing. His Jack Riley, or Jack Riley, so that's where the name comes from. His Jack West Jr. series is not an Aussie English typical series. It is an American English series. So it's just, it's it's kind of interesting where that can sometimes play out like that. Yeah. Uh, James, I was in a motorhome with my grandparents as they were taking us on vacation. So I just sat in a chair and, and read because there was nothing else to do. And by the way, motorhome is a much better way to travel than just going in the truck. Obviously, I agree. You have a you have a little experience <laughs> with the motorhome slash RV slash yeah. Yeah. Uh, Winnebago. Yeah, so, I think yes. grand total we spend at least four years um, on the road full time, uh, 
two of those in a, in a cool. full-size RV, uh, two of them in a uh, travel van. Uh, with a few in, in between there, there was a pop-up and a um, bumper pole camper. So we had four RVs in a four-year or six-year span uh, and, and spent time full-time on the road. So I wrote six books in that van. That's that's incredible. <laughs> and what he's talking about is the RV life type of stuff where, you know, yeah. uh, you, hashtag you van a, life. Yeah. Van life, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've talked about it on um, other shows before, uh, other real life fiction podcast shows um, about that. So that was that was kind of cool. But um, uh, Ray, I'm all scatterbrained. Uh, one year on you guys and the other on the Daytona duels. Poor timing. I don't know what the Daytona duels are. I'm actually very interested to know what they are. Is it a car uh, racing thing? It's got to be a car car thing. Unless Daytona. it's a band, maybe? I don't know. Uh, James. Uh, James Rollins. Uh, now, that's one author I wish I could read for. I love the Sigma 4 series. Yeah, James Rollins I have, is huge um, for me. I've interviewed him a few times now, and I just, in fact, today... We recorded the so I'm now a co-host on the Writers Inc. podcast uh, with JD Barker, and uh, we I interviewed James Rollins for that show, and today we recorded the wrapper for that the whole the actual show. So next Thursday, I think, or next week at least, um, you'll be able to listen to an interview with James that I did. So yeah. if you tune into the Writers Inc. podcast, yeah, I was really heartbroken when Monk lost his mm-hmm. hand. Really heartbroken when Monk lost his hand. It was it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then he got a Luke Skywalker cybernetic version. And cybernetic hand. With the because the, cuff, the the magnetic cuff and then it could you know, it could do like his little thing thing where it walked around. Yeah, I, like, I should have asked him about that. I there think was you know so what I think much that... inspiration in that hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that is, though, I think that you do that because you're inevitably going to forget that that character no longer has a hand. <laughs> it got to a point, especially when he lost the uh, when he lost the prosthetic, and he was. I think that was they were in Chernobyl, and yeah. they they lost he lost the prosthetic, and he was just one handed monk, and he was just like, uh oh, now what you know. It was kind of cool. It was very odd because I remember they had to uh, cut his hand off with an axe. I think his boss did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a horrifying scene. I think that's how the book ended, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember what book it was, but that was that was rough. Um, oh, uh, Rich, I love the idea of a murder board. Man, let me tell you, I've always wanted a murder board. I you know I grew up like everyone else watching crime shows. I was about Everybody to say, can you expand cool what murder board is because it can be so a little weird. If, if you're don't not know what familiar with the concept, the murder board is when you when you and it's a it's pure fiction from what I can tell. I don't think I've talked to a hundred FBI agents and cops, and they all tell me that none of them have ever used this. But it's usually with, a with, whiteboard. With yeah, is that with the strings? They'll or... do the strings. Okay. Usually, the, uh, it, it, what it always involves is uh, a whiteboard with photographs of suspects, yeah. and then like a photograph of the victim, and then each suspect would have like a post-it note or something with you know uh, left hand missing or whatever. And uh, oh, too soon. Could, we just talked about that. I know. Uh, it's called a callback. Uh, so the idea is you're, 
you've got all the you've got your the entire crime is mapped out on the murder board and you'll see sometimes they'll use strings that this is usually when they're doing a conspiracy theory you know or they're trying to connect people to the you know in the crime so that that's usually more white crime uh white collar crime like you know this guy is the head of this you know organization and it's connected to this organization and that organization so i use now it feels a lot uh, like outlining it's a lot like outlining that's why i'm that's why i'm so excited to do it um i don't like it i don't like outlining but i i do like this concept i've always wanted to do this because i've seen it a billion times on tv but um i use a piece of software that comes free with apple now called freeform which is which will let you create you know flow charts and all kinds of stuff um and so i've been dying to try this i the thing that's all that sparked this for me was i used to watch castle and there was an episode of castle where because they always have a murder board in the precinct and they and it's an old school murder board with you know photos and stickies and things like that but she, he gets basically fired from his consulting job and uh beckett shows up at his his apartment and in his office he's erected a high-tech touchscreen giant uh murder board with you know everything is digital and he could just touch the screen and move things and i'm like i could totally make that (laughs) i mean you're you're doing this podcast on like a 40 inch screen so i mean yes yeah. yeah. If you're not yeah. aware, in front of me is a 42 You can tell if you're watching display. video, his eyes are going all over the place. Yeah, my eyes are... The screen is freaking huge. I try I try, <laughs> I, I try. to keep my focus no, on the work. camera. That's me right now. In order so for I me have, to read comments, things like yeah, that. I have two 27-inch monitors. My camera is in the middle of both of them. I have mm-hmm. Facebook Live on that side, and I have StreamYard on this side. But the problem is, is the comments are all the way over here. So I'm going yeah. like this, going... This is the comments. All. When you see yeah. me looking over like this, this is comments. Sure. This is this is me looking at Matt. This Hi. is me looking at some research I have open over here. Uh-oh. So here's the billion dollar question. Kevin, where did Jim Riker come from? And was it Nick's idea? <laughs> LOL. No. <laughs> um, so I had been approached by a publisher. And uh, just before the pandemic, they had asked for uh if i was willing to to pitch something they said pitch three series so i pitched three series and one of them one of them was called the consultant and then they picked that one and they said okay pitch three books for that and i pitched three books and just as i sent them that the world ended and that publisher basically went under um, so I had this concept laying around for three books and a character and all this stuff. And his name was not Jim Riker at first. I, I will confess that. Um, but Nick and I started talking about, do, do we want to collaborate on something? And so, uh, yeah, I this said, this is your first collaboration, right? It's not, we did a, a, a little sci-fi thriller series of shorts called, um, the lucid, oh, which okay. we actually, maybe this was finish. your first full length stuff that you, this is the first okay. full length okay. novel that we did okay. together. And, sure. uh, so what we ended up doing was I handed Nick the, the, the pitch and he created an outline and then I wrote the book based on the outline. And, uh, sure. and so, and, and I, I'm going to be just completely honest with you that that book is amazing. And, uh, I need to get to the second one. I owe him a second book now. 
Yeah, you, you were really excited for outline. that when you were writing it. So or right yeah. when you were finishing it up. Yeah, and I, you were very excited. I will it. be working on the next one, but I, I've got I've got too many things on my plate at the moment. But I, I am uh we've got an outline for this for the next the second of those. So and I need to knock it out. Alex Allison was going to ask, uh, pen and paper or computer for your first draft. Uh, first draft is computer, but outlined and stuff is usually pen and paper for me at least. Yeah, I I don't I love pen and paper. I've got, I've got a passion for it. And I do a ton yellow, of journaling. Yellow ledger pad guy. I've always wanted to be that guy, but I can I I have to write on a computer. Um, actually, I'll what I do. Uh, I just I have to have a keyboard. And so I use, uh, I write in Scrivener. I have Scrivener on my iPad and on my phone. Uh, Believe it or not, I do an awful lot of writing on my phone, sometimes with my thumbs. I've written entire books with my thumbs on my iPhone. Uh, (laughs) But I have a keyboard, a little Logitech keyboard. I also have this one, this guy, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Uh, Clack, 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 clack. Really loud, really clacky. I love it. But I've got, uh, a kickstand on my phone so that I can, you know, wherever I am, I can pop the phone out as a monitor and sit and write and, and, uh, and type up a book wherever I am. So that's cool. Yeah. I've like always said, got I, a I do, way to write. Yeah. Uh, so RL Kennedy, who, um, has this, uh, uh, post-apocalyptic series, she actually writes her entire first draft on pen and paper. I've, I am always impressed by that. It's two, she said, two entire ledger pads, uh, front page only, are about 80,000 words. And she yeah. writes all of it by hand. And she showed me, like, when I did a, I did an interview with her a while back, and she showed me, like, it's literally just filled. <laughs> it's like, I, I have written things that way. Um, in fact, I've got a book that I probably need to get back to someday. I wrote, I wrote it very early. It was before I actually published uh, I've always meant to get back to that and finish it. And I think it's pretty decent, but like Neil Gaiman, you know, he buys these notebooks and, and writes his books in these notebooks first. If I had someone else doing the, the transcription of it for me, I would probably do that more often. Uh, but knowing see, I got to uh, go back and do it. Yeah. Matt's a planter combo of planter and pantser who writes from the seat of their pants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, no, I, we I'm call those plant- plotsers. Plotsers, yeah, I was about to say, or uh, oh, Lancers, <laughs> yeah, I like Planter, Plant, no, Plant, Planster, that's good, Planster, Plant, Planster, that, that's that's pretty darn close. Um, and she, uh, also, uh, I had a live workshop with Dan Brown years ago, he's local to me, and he was a fantastic teacher. I would love to meet Dan Brown in person. Uh, JD Barker lives like a few blocks down from him, and so I've been trying to con him and they'll let me come visit. So we yeah, and I think this was visit. also Dan, his masterclass. He comes across as so enthusiastic. Yeah. Which I could see. I can see. I've seen his interviews, especially when like uh, Da Vinci code and angels yeah. and demons and stuff. I, I enjoyed the, um, the masterclass. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, James, I love Jack creature, but never liked the movies because the Tom Cruise was just way yeah. too much. Yeah. But so Hugh Jackman was too big to be Wolverine and that worked out. But have you seen the series, James? Did you watch the the Amazon series? Because it's excellent. Yeah, he's yeah he's he is Jack Reacher. <laughs> That's mean, Jack Reacher. And it's, yeah. you know what? It's cool. It's cool to see a guy like that who is more known for like as a stunt actor um, to get a role to where he is the star of this hit yeah. series. That was cool. 
That was cool. And he's and he's and he's good. Uh, the duels are the pretty. qualifying sprints for the NASCAR Daytona 500. Daytona duels. So it is so, a car thing. Yeah, it's NASCAR. It's Daytona. Come on. Daytona. You don't even have to know racing to know what the Daytona 500 is. I got it. I'm in. <laughs> Allison, who is, uh, who is in England, uh, I know a lot of British authors that have adapted to writing American English for their books. For example, Realize, Realize, yes, the S and the Z thing, Color. Yeah. I... I can't stand the, the O-U-R thing, uh, color, and several other words and phrases. The other one is it center. It doesn't really bother me. center. Yeah, center is the E. Yeah. So and what's I really interesting in a video game. <laughs> there are certain words that I I write and that the the grammar check software like like Pro Writing Aid or Grammarly will nail yeah. me saying this is the British spelling. Yeah. And and I'm like, but that's that's the way I want it. I want that word uh, like yeah, burnt, lept. Lept. Burnt. Left is the one that nails me on. What are you going to call it? Are you going to call it burned orange or are you going to call it burnt orange? Right. No one says the burned. The brand says burnt. <laughs> no one like, says leaped. No, no one says these things. It so, should be L-E-P-T. Yeah. Leapt. Yeah. Not leaped. Not leaped. Not leaped. So unkempt. Unkempt. Should be unkept. <laughs> it's like, it's not yeah. kept. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm with uh-oh. you. Here's... The man himself we were bashing when we were talking about this. I hadn't read the books before seeing the movies. This is talking about Jack Reacher. So to me, they were uh, good action thriller movies. Uh, having read the first book, I'm more interested in the Amazon series. I think I think uh, you will not be disappointed. That, Amazon, that first season of the Amazon series is that book, is the first book. So And then enjoy. I think the Amazon series will show Reacher more as he should be, but I don't have it since I don't have Prime. Ah, uh, you need to find a way to get that. It's excellent. Everything it's about excellent. Just shipping Prime is worth it. <laughs> Prime, Prime, yeah. I pay. I, I, it's, it's gone up. It's twice as expensive now as yeah. when I first got it. But it, it, I, um, I use it yeah. all the time. Uh, John Dolan, I will say, Jack Riley is now part of my top favorite series. Well, thank you. The others being Sigma Force. Okay. Uh, the Alexander books. Greg Beck, awesome. And perhaps my favorite, the Event Group. Ooh, David Goldman. Uh, <sighs> I'm sorry, you're not pitching. No Kotler. No Kotler. No Alex Kane. Eventually, I'll get my writing in order and hopefully be able to live up to all this talent. Oh, you'll get there. You'll get there. Believe me. You'll get there. You're probably already there. You know, they say the first million words is practice. Uh, Stephen King. Yeah. And that, I um, am well past a million words, but I still still believe that I'm still learning. And I I think all of us will be forever. Good night, EC. Good night, Chris. Thank you. Good night, EC. Is yeah. it EC or Eck? Because I kind of like I kind of like the idea of someone named Eck. Well, it's E. Chris Ambrose, as far as the 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 books are concerned. So you'll always be Eck to me. You'll always be Eck. You're the best Eck I've ever met. So, but thank you very much. Um, wow, we are actually caught up on comments. That was that was Good. rapid fire right there. But, I liked uh, it. All um, right. Anything? No as more far... comments. Oh no, no. You know what? <laughs> Allison will not. Let us quit. Which, Which characters character? oh. that have been adapted to TV have been a disappointment? Uh, uh, the um, Robert Langdon from Dan, the Dan Brown, the the um, the series yeah. that they did with Dan Brown's character. That was a disappointment. Um, yeah. yeah. Others. I mean, you could you could really go all over the place with this. So, I mean, depending. So, if it's just strictly TV, or if it's just strictly media, 
like movie TV. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people had a problem and I know you did too with, uh, Nathan Drake with uncharted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on the other side of that coin, just being thrilled to have a uncharted movie with great actors. It wasn't necessarily the portrayal of the characters that I was focused on. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what angle you're going for, but I mean, there have been plenty of these that have been, I feel like I should clarify miserable. because yeah. My disappointment with Uncharted the movie, I didn't realize when I watched the film, I didn't know there was a game. I just didn't think it was a good movie. Kevin living <laughs> in a hole for the last 15 years. I don't get to play games. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I, I write books. Do, so here, here, here's, here's what you do is I've talked about this several times on air is YouTube, uh, Uncharted cutscene movies. So yeah. it is the video game cutscenes, which nowadays are all mocap and live action. Uh, they're just yeah. obviously overlaid, animated. And you could just watch all of the cutscenes. They're like two plus hours a piece. I mean, they're like full length movies and okay. you'll get a sense of what you're supposed to want to you see. Know, they're fun. I, they're really I, fun. I actually watch have... quite a few of those things. Like I, there's a lot I love of cutscene um, movies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a fantastic job. So like, in fact, in a lot of respects, I wish they would just release those as, as movies. Um, a lot of the games based on like, you know, Batman or or, or the Marvel characters, or whatever, will have those, and they'll they're very interesting stories. You know, yeah. I could just sit and watch those. I don't care about the game. <laughs> I'm probably never going to play the game. Uh, the ones that I watch are usually games that I have played. So it's like the Tomb Raider trilogy that came out uh, as the last few years, and then the five Uncharted games. Uh, they're all games that I have been like enthralled with and like attached to uh, as just a player, but I yeah. uh, just don't have the time to sit there and play through the games because the playthrough is a lot longer than just the cutscene movies. So that's that's usually what it is for me. Um, yeah. But um, so this is a little off key because I really want to keep talking, but I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> this is like I'm getting there. This is like Marvel Endgame, Marvel Infinity War style. Like I really have to go to the bathroom, but the but the credits just started and you can't go yet. Um, this is at a certain point to where I'm literally going to go and then come back. <laughs> so I will put well, up we, a question. We could for... wrap up. We got people exiting at this point. I mean, we could just I, go ahead and wrap up. I have up like and... seven questions that have come in. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely, it's up to you. I mean, I'll, I right. mean we can. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I really have to go to the restroom as well, but I'm going to tough it out. I'm not going to tough it I'm out. I'm here I'm... for these guys. <laughs> Okay. This this column of people over here. So you go oh, yeah. you go relieve yourself, Matt, and I will. So take here's care Ray of, for uh, you. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. You're gonna just leave that one up the whole time you're gone. Hi, Ray. <laughs> so, uh, AIs like Grammarly have a ways to go as a tool for fiction writers. If you're writing a dissertation, fine, but you get your effing rules. I'm I, I translated effing rules out of my author's dialogues. Um, I agree, and I stopped using Grammarly for that reason, or that's one of the reasons I stopped using Grammarly. I actually now, I prefer ProWritingAid. One, because I know the guys. Um, I've met them and interviewed them, and they're they're a fun bunch. We, we seem to like each other. Um, I feel like that is much more geared for the fiction author than some of the other tools. Uh, it's not always right. It, it has a lot of quirks. And it does always annoy me uh, when it starts catching me on uh, British versus American English. 
but I've, I, I enjoy using it. The, the thing, the reason I like it though, the, the main reason I, I really enjoy it is because it has um, the ability to open and edit uh, Scrivener files natively. So I can actually open the Scrivener file, run the check, do the corrections and everything, save it. And then when I go back to Scrivener, it's all there. Um, I have my whole gamut of uh, editing tools that I run everything through, and that's one of them. So, 100% agreed. I, I, yeah. I can't tell you how much I agree with what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's it. That's my position on uh, on forced castration. And, uh, and, and Matt has uh, graciously volunteered. So thank you, sir. Um, uh, yeah, no, so. I, I, I mean, I've had children, so I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably do, but, um, so John, the first million words may be practiced, but my project is sci-fi. Uh, I need to break out the world building and simply, yeah. and simply write. Yeah. At difficult. some point you got to stop designing the, you, you, yeah. you can become a professional world builder if you're not careful. Um, and I'll tell you, John, my first series was sci-fi, uh, first books yeah. I ever released. And they did fairly well, and uh, I really enjoyed them. They were they were a story that I'd been kind of kicking around in my head for most of my life, uh, so there was a lot of world building there. But yeah, you don't. The thing is, I tell people, and I have a book you do not have to buy because I'm going to give you all its secrets right now. But I have a book called Thirty Day Author, uh, and one of the things I talk about in in that book, and one of the things I talk about when I do talks at conferences and things like that you need to treat all your writing as practice um you know uh, one of the things that i find annoying is when author when people who say they want to be a writer or an author will send me a text message or a dm in, in social media and it's like broken you know it's like <laughs> shorthand and broken english and it's there's nothing you know there's no they didn't put any effort into it Lots of misspellings and typos, man. I get it. I have a lot of typos, but you should treat everything you write as practice for your craft because um, ultimately that's how you, you, the way you become better as a writer is yeah. by writing well as often as possible. And the one thing that I will tell people is every single person that's reading your book knows more about something than you do in some way. Yeah because we all have our areas of expertises. So research is so important. You don't yeah. want to skip on a detail. Um, like one of the dumb things, which I didn't know about when I was, you know, years ago was like, like weapon stuff and guns. And I was like, yeah. Oh, he clicked the safety. Well, lo and behold, I didn't know a Glock didn't have a physical safety. Yeah. You know, it's a two stage trigger with a, with a drop safety. They don't have thumb safeties. Like I thought all guns did. I didn't know that. And yeah. there's like little things like that where, you know, whether it's uh, uh, a culture you're writing about or a artifact you're writing about, or in this case, a gun or weapons or something that you're writing about. That's why I know a lot of writers, they go really, really vague when it comes to certain topics just because of depth of knowledge, which I understand. But that is one thing I can tell you, do not skimp when it comes to research. And it, it, it's very, very, very important. And the, and the reader will thank you or they'll call you out <laughs> one or the other. <clears throat> But yeah, and uh, thank you, Rich, very much. Love the organization and professionalism from our intrepid host. So intrepid implying means that I travel, and that's yeah, it's not the case. I'm not a traveler, but uh, I'm intrepid. You're intrepid. 
you yeah. have traveled and uh, venerable and venerable yeah uh yes have you watched the last of us meaning the- i i have not watched it um i'm love i'm gonna games. wait love the yeah games. I, I never i didn't know it was games either for a while um i've caught up but i'm would you waiting. know that it's the same production company as uncharted is it that would it's be naughty dog which is also okay. ratchet and clank is also crash bandicoot Okay. from years ago but Crash uh Bandicoot. i'm Crash Bandicoot. heard of that yeah yeah uh yeah no anyways it's a, a i'm i'm letting the series. uh see i'm gonna let the series buffer for a while i usually i i i, I usually wait until like the third season to start watching yeah. popular series are you at least <laughs> caught up with the mandalorian yes yeah okay. i am caught up yeah that's that's um, that's, that's one that i will go out of my way to stay up with that was but i do i so do cool. let a, a series buffer for at least one series or one season because I, I i i don't like i never i grew up with it and i never liked the like episodic you know one episode yeah. a week thing sure. um <clears throat> if i did you if, ever <clears throat> did sorry. you ever get into um wednesday did you watch Not wednesday yet. no that was surprisingly really good i've heard I, I good had, things i had my doubts i really did yeah. because i'm so attached to the original 91 adam's family and adam's family values like i cast. i grew up with the black and white um, yeah, I know. you know yeah so i i yeah i, I was i've never been a fan of adam which family. was actually a very pink set if you haven't seen the actual set i'm sure the set for adam's family the black and white tv show was actually all pink and it was because of the way it worked on camera being black and white because of the the tone uh it needed to be the pink is what works it was like pink and purple and red it was very very like flamboyant and very like valentine's day very very odd but uh and and rich is kind of right with this yeah the arkham uh, game series uh best depiction of batman yeah i've watched that yeah kevin conroy rest in peace yeah oh, uh, kevin conroy kevin conroy so um all right this is uh we'll i was gonna say we'll wrap this up but they keep coming in uh james uh you gotta understand i had prime but the shipping and blah 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 i gotta get rid of it and it wasn't uh, economically to me uh so i quit it and the orders come faster i guess when we back okay so uh, i mean i get most stuff some stuff i get same day yeah. uh if and if nothing else i get it within three days but yeah. Almost everything stuff I, get I get the day I order day. it, and it's really weird. I so. ordered um, a, uh, a cell phone mount to go on my motorcycle, and it came an hour later. So, just <laughs> yeah. to, I, I think it kind of depends on what you're ordering, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Allison, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a reader, not a writer, and I can't even imagine how you can write seventy thousand words. On how on earth do you start to uh, contemplate writing so many words? Uh, try 130,000. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's rough. I'm I'm stealing this analogy, but it's it's apropos. But if you want to drive from New York to California at night, you can you you only see as far ahead as your headlights will show you, but that's as far as you need to see to keep moving. You just keep moving one yep. mile after another. So nope. that's what it's, that's what it is. And and I think the thing that intimidates people about writing a, a 70,000 word book or an 80,000 word book is you, you have this notion, whether you realize it or not, that you have to do all that at one time and you don't, you're only doing, 
you know, if you can only do a hundred words a day or 500 or a thousand, you know, that's what you do. And then you just come back to it the next day and the next day and the next day. And then before you know it, if you're writing a thousand words a day, 70 days later, you have a book. So you have that 70,000 yeah. word book and yeah, you're going to have to edit and you're going to, there's things, there's more to it than that, but that's really all it is. I mean, if you're going to chip your way through a mountain, you can do it one chunk of stone at a time. Yeah, no, 100% correct. It's, <clears throat> it's, and that kind of goes to the, the style of outlining that a lot of us do where it's, you just yeah. kind of outline a few chapters ahead. You just, you, you, you outline a, a far enough to see, the next step but it's just it's enough to keep you going um yeah it's kind of the same idea um and then this is a longer one from john but he's talking about the research with uh, mm. sci-fi i think the research has consumed me almost as much as the world building from human evolution to the evolution of modern society in an alternate history setting oh boy uh, i think my problem is that i enjoy the aspect as much as the writing anyway thank you for uh, this opportunity to watch. I hope to see more lives, um, Facebook lives he's yeah. talking about. But yeah. John, it sounds like you should write a series. Yeah. It's kind of like me with you... the historical research. It's the same with you same. with historical research. Is, yeah. is You're like, wow, this is fascinating. This is amazing. Oh, crap. I'm writing a book. I got to get back to it. Doesn't it doesn't stop. Yeah. I, stop. I um, you know, I've done so much research, particularly I have a very a particular fascination with uh, Celtic mythology and history. And so... I've written at least four books that, that utilize that information and I keep adding to it uh, because it's fascinating and there's always something new to learn. So, you know, the trick is, you know, write, write that first book and continue researching and write the next book. You know, you don't have to, you don't ever have to stop. You can just keep adding to it. Allison, this is a very <clears throat> unnecessary comment. Uh, also, I do feel guilty about reading a book that takes don't. so much time to write and I finish it within a couple of hours. Don't. Chances are I wrote it in a couple of hours. So yeah, don't. Don't don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> well, should we and, tell uh, them about the 60,000 words in one day? Maybe I sh maybe we should. Uh, uh, quickly, you can go over it real quick. No, nah, that's the, the whole story. Is there oh. is a book, my book, Evergreen, I wrote. Evergreen. Yes. Uh, 60,000 words I wrote in one day uh, while I was in Manhattan uh, on a snowy, rainy, uh, slushy day. In the day. bar of a hotel. In the bar of a hotel. And uh, my, my in-laws uh, were all out doing their thing for the day. I had a full day to myself, so I wrote a novel. And uh, I'll never do it again. Uh, but oddly, when people read that particular book, that seems to be the one that I get the most positive comments on. So yeah, there you go. That's ridiculous. Um, and that was all from your 30. What was the, what was the book premise that, that popped from that? It started from, I should say writing 30 well, books, I, or thir writing a book in 30 days. Yes. I started. Yeah. It started with me writing, wanting to write a book in 30 days and then it was 15 and then it was a yeah. week. Uh, and then it's and like, then well, you could and, I you do and it Nick in a day? Going back and forth trying to, you know, one up each well, other, Nick, more or less. Nick, Nick now, uh, he's now done an 80,000 word book in one day. He did it through dictation. I'm not going to say that's yeah. cheating or anything. I mean, I think that's perfectly valid as a, a writing tool, but it, it, Cheater. It, he outlined though, and he wrote, yeah. and he did a yeah. book. So, he, you know, it perfectly acceptable. All the prep uh, work he did for it probably was enough work that yeah, it made up for any. I yeah. still count that as an, a remarkable achievement. On oh, it Nick's absolutely part. is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely is. 
Yeah, the, the I did his um, more or less his masterclass, his webinar on dictation and stuff, and I was yeah. super impressed with with the um, just the information overload that he gave me, and uh, yeah, I was like, wow, this is like I would love to be able to do this, and I just <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine, I can't, I can't dictate. Yeah, well, it's getting started. It's it's yeah. it's because it completely destroys everything we currently do yeah i mean it's starting over and it's yeah. like man i just uh um, <clears throat> james is calling in tonight thank you uh thanks for the live i enjoyed it it was a good time i do need james, to get glad out of here you were as well here. kevin and matt thanks for your time it, uh tonight it was entertaining uh andrew th popped in so andrew clausen amazing author in his own right uh congrats on jack five matt thank you very much andrew i really do appreciate that um, check out his uh, his series. He's a great author. Does um, really great work. So and check out uh, Andrew's Excellent. stuff. Yes, uh, Allison. Sorry to keep asking questions. That's okay, Allison. That's, That's fine. Right. It's That's it's, our, it's it, it's semi early where where Kevin is. Um, <laughs> I'm half in the bag, man. He's half. Got, he hasn't even been think, drinking. You think this is coffee? This isn't coffee. And I'm, I'm just kidding. Say, he hasn't no, I forgot to bring booze over. Normally, I have like a bottle of something sitting here so that I can, yeah, you know. Although mine destroyed me because I had to go to the bathroom, but uh, I do uh, have to to urinate. I won't yeah. lie. Right, uh, the Celts were from Hallstatt in Austria. Look that one up. Um, See, that's good information there, Ray. Yeah, because the Celts. You think Celtic? You're thinking more Great Britain area. So there you go. But uh, one more, and then we will get out of here, guys. Uh, we are at the two-hour mark. Thank you so much for, for staying with us, for listening to us, for watching us on Facebook Live. I really do appreciate this. Uh, John Dolan, oh, it is going to be a great – it's going to be a series. I already have several vignettes drafted. Uh, we'll see where this project ends up. I think you're going to have a fantastic one, John. Yeah. Good luck. And, and what know. I can tell you is series can sometimes be birthed accidentally out of a standalone novel. So don't be afraid to write that one book that then inspires you to continue it and write a series. So yeah. it doesn't have to start as a series to become a series. And if you've you got, if those vignettes can kind of stand on their own, you might test the waters by putting them out there. There are several services um, that you can actually serialize stories. Yeah. Um, Kindle Vela? Yeah. Is it Vela? Uh, Vela. That's Vela, one Vela. of them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the Wattpad is one, but I think I'd rather go with one where you can monetize. Um, but, you know, if you want to test the waters and see if you've got an audience, you could always go that route. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So, um, Kevin, thank you so much for <clears throat> coming on uh, once more. Uh, we seem to have talked to each other quite a bit over the last five, six weeks. Yeah. Um, so, no, I really do appreciate it. Um, this was fun. Uh Real Life Fiction Live will be back uh, shortly, actually, in the next, oh, I'd say about maybe three weeks. Uh, I'm going to try to do these every three or four weeks if I can, get a different writer on, get a different just um, book industry person on. Uh, I have another author already lined up, ready to rock. I just have to actually schedule a date with him. But uh, that is my fault, not his. Um, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Kevin, once more. Thank you for hanging out uh, and... Uh, we will see everyone later, Kevin. Real quick, for those of you, for uh, those watching and those listening that are interested, 
in your stuff uh, besides Amazon? Where can they reach you? Where can they kind of just? Uh, you need to go look up my website, kevintomlinson.com. And uh, that's where pretty much everything is. I haven't yet put a link to this one, but I am co-hosting the Writers Inc. podcast yes. uh, with J.D. Barker and some others. So uh, check that out. That's a fun one. Awesome. And I'm sure the Google machine could probably just figure yeah. it all out. Just to kind of Kevin. Writers Writers Inc. Is yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, best way I'm, I'm unlike, unlike Kevin, I'm all over social media, specifically Facebook, mostly just because of family and friends and stuff, but I'm always around. <laughs> I am but, on Twitter. Uh, yeah. He's on Twitter. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm on uh, Instagram as well. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, metjamesauthor.com. Uh, if you want just kind of a more condensed uh, version of everything going on when it comes to books and podcasts and publishing and all that stuff. But, uh, and uh, I always want to throw that out there. Um, you know, Nick Thacker and I have uh, a conundrum publishing going on right now. We are signing some independent authors and uh, really, really, and some quite large authors actually, as we will reveal as the months go by. But, uh, you know, if anybody's out there that is a small author or just an author in general that just uh, has, uh, not a lot of experience with publishing or marketing. Um, you're more than welcome to give us uh, give us a message, give us an email, and uh, and see if we can maybe help you out with a, a little publishing on the side. So you never know. But uh, but uh, regardless, thank you so much for hanging out with everybody. I really do appreciate it. Um, I love doing these. Uh, Kevin loves doing these. But. Uh... <laughs> he's a sport. I really do appreciate Kevin a lot. He's a great guy. And I, I really, I love the fact that he, he says yes more than he ever says no. So thank you so much, my friend. It's a sickness, really. It really is a sickness. It really is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost an addiction actually. So yeah. he says yeah. he doesn't like media, social media stuff, but he's, he's kind of on it a lot. So I, I mostly am. because of me, I guess, but uh, no, but between the podcast and stuff, uh, you can hear Kevin's voice all over the place. So uh, Kevin Tomlinson.com, Matt James author.com real life fiction on YouTube, on podcast forum, anything, uh, anything you need will be there, but uh, thank you so much guys. And uh, we will see you next time. Mm -hmm.